According to state police, there are 41 missing children. At least they have an idea of where he was last seen. Follows them for a point, but then turns around and goes back. There's no clothing, there's no blood, there's nothing there. There's any sense to this case whatsoever. It's something. I called every name I could and I listened. I wanted the media to be on my son. Not on me. Why are they acting this way? Are they concealing something? Doesn't matter who thinks you're a murderer, we need to find your son. And here was this little toddler with absolutely no clothes on at all. Across my desk, that's an exact match for what we've talked about. We're talking about a worldwide collective of information. Everybody wants an answer. Hopefully someday we'll come up with it. There's just too many questions that don't have answers. that out because like you know i'm just gonna be freaking like not well, we're starting all over from scratch again oh, anyway okay. so don't cool. worry about so, it <coughs> i had a youtube about it but anyway like the fact that you said the public is a lot in there i mean yeah i don't know it's probably less obnoxious than my brother going to the suicide forest in japan which he's going to be doing in the next month wait or so. hold on yeah, peter yeah, yeah, is yeah. going to the suicide forest. i put him up to it i was like dude you're gonna go see wow. the suicide forest and he's like I can. And so then I was like, I don't know. Just check it out. It's yeah. <laughs> the Aoki Gara. Episode like 89. <laughs> that is some crazy shit, dude. The the suicide forest. Like that. that's one thing. Uh, that's one episode that stuck with me. Kind of like the dark web. The Aoki Gara. Yeah. Um, is that like, why do people like some people, you know, obviously go there on purpose to commit suicide. But some people say that, you know, they go into the forest and they all of a sudden they start having suicidal thoughts. Not the awesome band from the '80s, but um, they like they say that you know it's one it's haunted because for thousands of years, um, you know people would leave um, you know their elder relatives in there just to die because you know they become a financial burden on the family. Oh dear. Um, that was a big thing, and then also too like a lot of the flowers and it's the bed. Uh, that the soil is built on is all like lava, just hardened lava, if you will. And so they say there's something chemically in the air that, you know, produces some kind of thing in your mind that, you know, just does it. So I don't know. It's a, it's a super interesting thing to research. Maybe you ought to talk to Peter just a little bit. So he is at least prepared. Cause he's just going to go like over there. I'm <laughs> like, dude, at least like bring like a rope or something. So you don't get lost. Dude, that, that's the thing. Yeah. Like you go into there and there's like nothing but like ribbons <laughs> and shit. So, 
Anyways, everybody, for the second time, welcome to episode 141, <laughs> part two of the Missing 41 episode. I am Jacob Pixton, your host today, and to my left is not the Golden Recluse Art Trail, but Bobby Buff Boy over here, Mr. Keith Silvis. Keith. Hello, everyone. Thank you. <laughs> if you hear a little frustration in my voice, it's because my old ass computer took a shit on me while we were recording in the midst of our second guest here, my favorite um, guest of all time on this podcast, Mister S- the the greatest man with art with an art and a pen. It, it came out better the first time. God damn it! I'm sorry. The greatest man with a with an ink and a pen, Mister Sam Sharon. It was supposed to rhyme, but goddamn. Sam. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> And I was putting Sam over earlier for everybody listening to the podcast. Um, when I was taking a shower this, uh, right before the podcast was recorded, I was I was thinking of like clever things to say about him to set him up and whatnot. And I was thinking, I was like, man, in in my life, I think the two greatest uh, voices of all time. There's obviously there's Morgan Freeman, and then obviously the second one, just maybe like one B would be Mr. Sam Sharon here. Well, too kind. Uh, no, um, not at all. Not a pat on Freeman, but you know, I like penguins. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, like I was saying on the first run, um, when I was doing my research for Missing Four Hundred One, um, I kept thinking, man, I've heard of this topic before, and no, my co-host Art, it wasn't from him pitching it the week before, but I was like, man, where did I hear this before? And I was almost positive during our first interview with you, Sam, that you had mentioned it when we were discussing Bigfoot. So I messaged you at the gym and, you know, during one of my moments of clarity. And I was like, hey, did you do you know anything about Missing 401 or do you have anything to contribute? And like I was saying earlier, you wrote some substantial literary work on this topic, haven't you? <laughs> um, yeah, partially correct, I suppose. Um, the Missing 411, for everyone who hasn't heard of it, um, is a series of books. Uh, 411 is code for info. So it's basically missing info. Um, but the Missing 411 book series is by a former cop investigator, David Politis. And um, he, uh, long story short, has written, I think it's almost 10 books now mm-hmm. um, on missing people. And, and he sort of focuses on different areas in the US mainly, but he's, um, he does, I think he's Canadian. So he has books on Canada. I think his website is Canam Missing or Correct. Missing Canam, something like that. Um, and it's fascinating. It's just these really bizarre tales of um, people who literally vanish when they've gone on hiking trails or they've, they've walked home drunk or, or even completely sober, you know, small children even, um, mm-hmm. that just vanish 10 feet away from their parents without a trace, without any sign of a struggle or predation from an animal or, you know, just nothing ever turns up. Um, and it has become this almost um, infamous series of, of modern day legends now that that are really just another staple of the unexplained that's become incredibly popular where you have hundreds of people going missing without a trace and you can rule out murderers you can rule out suicide this is a real mystery how, can i ask how um you rule out murderers because like i would i immediately think like oh it must be humans then it's not a struggle of an animal but mm-hmm. yeah what were the just i mean i don't know how long of an answer this is but i'm just curious 
Well, I, I mean, most people would initially think, oh, it's serial killers or it's, you know, it's some crazy person living out in the wilderness, which it very well may be, but you cannot account for hundreds of people in different locations all going missing unless it's a cult. And, you know, a very widespread, very well orchestrated cult, it's just, you know, really impossible to kind of fathom that that would be the reason. Um, and David Pilatus being a cop and investigator himself, he knows all the parameters and all the different sort of uh, what you would call the blueprints of things to look for in a case where someone has fallen prey to a murderer or even a serial killer or, or anything like that, or even a suicide situation where someone's taken their own life, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. He knows all the signs and he rules those out. He makes a very, very meticulous list and he talks to the families or the, the people who used to work with the missing people and finds out all about them and, and exactly the situation. And mm -hmm. it, he's, he himself became fascinated, which is why he started writing these books, because he said there's something going on. Something doesn't add up. Something is definitely missing from the equation. And the scariest part of all, which is one of the things he really sells his books on, is that when he's spoken to the parks departments themselves, whether it's um, you know Yellowstone or Yosemite or any of these huge parks, and he's asked for a list of missing people. Um, the Parks Department turned around and, and they said to him, um, we don't keep lists. And he thought that was ridiculous. You know, why, why wouldn't you keep a list of missing people? And they would either hang up on him or they would say, we just don't and you don't have the right to, you know, investigate. And so he, he did a, I think he did a, a formal request for public information kind of thing to have things re released and an actual list must exist somewhere. And um, someone was very cold with him, a government official on the phone, and they said, you'll never get that list. Um, you know, it'll cost you within the region of a few million to put it together. And again, he said, this is ridiculous. Give me a, a pen and a pad of paper and I'll make you a list. Um, and again, he just got stonewalled. And so he's, he thinks that there's something behind it that the government knows. Um, and just to sort of go on a little more, the um, the chapter that I had written in David Weatherly's book, um, uh, which is a Bigfoot series called Woodnox, and we're up to volume four now, he invited me to write a chapter in there. And I included a little bit on the missing 411, rather, um, because a lot of people sort of have this um, idea, including myself, that it, it very well may be uh, wilderness people or wild mm -hmm. people and even at a stretch if there is such a creature it may in fact be Bigfoot that are taking people mm -hmm. and perhaps perhaps the government knows this and they don't want um, uh, imminent domain coming into play where they'll have to evacuate people from the homes where they've lived for generations on, mm -hmm. on rural land um, which would then become protected territory for an endangered animal or another type of hominin you know, you'd have to then remove those people from that area. And the government, they just wouldn't be able to do that. And so you'd have people running out with guns. And are these things actually people? Are we talking murder? And then people will be getting accidentally shot. And it's just a big mess. And so the, the long and short of it is um, hundreds of people are going missing out in the vast wildernesses of America, which comprises of 95% of North America is still wild. Mm -hmm. There's only 5% is modern um, inhabited buildings, roads, and structures, which is really hard to get your head around. I couldn't believe it when, I, when I'd heard of this, so I looked it up myself, and sure enough, you can go on the government websites, mm -hmm. all the facts and figures are there. There's actually 
only 5%. The rest of the North America is just wilderness. And so when you're thinking about people going hiking and going missing, it is actually quite common. But in the mystery, again, as David wrote 10 books on it now, uh, is why and where are these people and why are the government hiding it? Mm. Yeah, and that's very true, too, because when I was doing the research, um, I had me- I remember you had said that when you talked about, you know, 95% of, you know, the United States or even North America even, you know, is yep. <laughs> wilderness. And when you look at like a satellite image of, you know, North America at night where you would see, you know, the, you know, where the lights are at, you know, where, where civilization is at, you just see these vast amounts of just darkness. And yeah, yeah. that kind of i mentioned it in our previous episode where you know we 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 know in the the ocean that we don't know everything that's in the ocean what's going on there is and then you look at you know the forests of america the deserts of america i believe we got into uh skinwalker ranch and this is a part of (laughs) um that that's that um it's like the Bermuda Triangle, but I believe it's called the Nevada Triangle, where like all this crazy activity is at. And then when you look at David Politis' um, you know, clusters, because he makes these clusters of cases where they yeah. all have 99.9% similarity. Um, you know, I went through a list here where, you know, the canines, you know, they can't find, they lose, or they sit down on a scent. You know, they, they you know, nothing can be found. Um, you know, the weather changes directly after the person goes missing. Uh, people are found near, you know, areas that, you know, people have already searched. You know, one case, I believe, like 1,200 people um, were on the search team, and they had crossed this path where this person was found, you know, many, many, many times. And then they just so to happen to see this person just strategically placed with, you know, the clothes missing, like almost like their mom or their grandmother came and, you know, laid the, you know, the clothing right next to them. And yeah. one person even had like a brand new pair of like white shoes that looked to be like, hey, they had just came out of Foot Locker. You know, no yeah. scuff marks, yeah. no nothing on it. So, um, you know, a lot of these people, they say they have, you know, mental disabilities or physical disabilities, and they always find them alone by themselves. So th- those are all the, the, the things that they find. And then, one thing that kind of supports the Bigfoot theory is um, I believe it was the Key family. I looked it up a couple of times and, you know, the name changes, but the story still stays the same where, you know, a little boy went missing. He was hiking with his family and he just so happened, you know, he turned the dad looks around and just within a matter of seconds, they lose the child. Now, a two year old child can't run that fast. Yeah. You know, especially, you know, let's take Keith for existence, for for instance here. You know, I'm pretty sure, you know, he could qualify for the Olympics. You know, look at this stud right here. But <laughs> even <don't. laughs> even somebody half of the ability of Keith here. Um, if no, you're a two-year-old. I, I thought you were going to compare him to a four-year-old child. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes. When he, when he, when he gets hangry, that, that's, that could be true. But, um, no, see, even somebody half of the ability of Keith um, if their child goes missing, you know, those endorphins are going to kick in and they couldn't find the child anywhere. So, you know, they're asking, you know, around for hours and hours and it ends up being days and days. And a couple of fishermen and I believe a couple of um, hunters and campers actually said, yes, I saw a little boy walking around. And the little boy actually was talking about, hey, did you see that, you know, the bear? Have you seen the bear? You know, and for whatever reason, these neglectful adults just let this wild child just keep on his way. And then one of the people said, you know, one of the campers, they said that they saw um, a bear off into the distance. Now, they recanted it. They were like, you know what? We looked at it, you know, further, 
And there's no way that that could have been a bear because when it saw that we were looking at it from this distance, it let off this ungodly howl and that there was somebody draped over his shoulder, almost like, you know, a man, you know, a very large man, you know, maybe the size of like Andre the Giant, you know, this raggedy big man, you know, just lumbering some child over his shoulder and just, you know, ran off into the forest. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Andre the Giant played Bigfoot. Did he did. When? In uh, in the seventies, in the uh, was it the Bionic Man, the Million Dollar Man, or whatever, sixty four Million Dollar Man. Oh, okay. Dude. Wow, you know shit. The, one, the really old cheesy seventies. Six Million Dollar Man, I believe. The, Steve, it was. the original Steve Austin. The the Bionic dude. Yes. So it was the Bionic Woman and the Six Million Dollar Man. Yes, wasn't it? Steve Austin, the there Six Million Dollars Man. Yeah. Yes. Uh, with a, with, a, Andre, with a sound effect Andre that the giant was in there, and he played Bigfoot. You can actually watch that on YouTube. It's pretty funny. Um, we'll um, probably watch it right after this interview. So I've, yeah. got, I've got some images right <laughs> here. And he's perfect because he, he, as you say, quite rightly, he was a giant. So. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And Keith brought it up right here, too. He, like, he didn't even have any makeup, dude. He was just there. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't shave for a while and whatnot. So yeah, He was a sweetheart. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah, if you ever want to watch a, a gripping documentary, watch the HBO documentary on uh, Andre the Giant. But, um, so Keith, you have some experience. You said with off the grid people because I made a I made a list of uh, both fringe and reasonable um, explanations for you know these missing people. And so one of the people, one of the items that I had on my list was you know Sam called them wild people. I put you know maybe you know a little less <laughs> politically correct term would be off the grid people. Um, you, you lived in Montana for quite some time and you said you had some experience with uh, these individuals. Yeah, so I just want to say I never saw anything like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have some experience. Um, I actually worked with a cleaning and restoration company in Montana for a while. Mm-hmm. And we went and cleaned at a house for an old couple. I believe they were in their 80s and they had just had to move back into town. And so I got to see like this complex that these people had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, th- I don't want it to sound weird. Like it was just this big piece of property. Um, it was for sale and they were trying to get it cleaned out mm-hmm. and you know, everything nice. And so I think we went and cleaned the windows and stuff like that. Whatever the case, I mean, it was, there was a generator. Um, I believe they had solar. They grew their own vegetables and stuff like that. Um, I think they had chickens that, you know, at one point they had chickens and whatever other kind of animals. So they, they basically grew their own food mm-hmm. and um, a well, you know, all that stuff. I mean, they were fully like off the grid for, I don't know how many decades. I don't know. Decades then. Okay. I think, I mean, like I didn't get to know too much about it, but I was just pretty like, I had heard people lived off the grid, especially near me, you know, or not too far from where I was. Um, but yeah, I mean, these people were, you know, it was the Bitterroot Valley in Montana. And, uh, and like how far away from like civilization would you say this was? So like, um, probably a good 40 minute drive. I mean, this wasn't super far, Okay. but you know, 40 minutes of driving down or let's say 30 minutes of driving down like old forest roads that are mm-hmm. like, you know, maybe just dirt and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, kind of, it's definitely out there a little ways. Um, so. so we both went to, because I mentioned on the previous episode, um, uh, Liz, uh, she, we both had gone to church camp, bet the best person to talk to about, you know, church camp. Um, Keith and I, as children, we used to every summer have to go, what was it, like two, three weeks out of the summer, go to this church camp up in the Sequoias? 
Yeah, yeah. Would would you say it was like that? Because I'm thinking of like you know log cabins, kind of like that church camp with you know generators and the bear box and stuff. It was pretty much off the grid. I don't think we didn't have that much electricity coming into camp, it, but it was pretty much you know roughing it, right? Yeah, I mean, I would say kind of like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean. Like I said, I didn't get to like interview these people, talk to them and stuff. So, but from what I saw, mm-hmm. it was like that. They also had like a bunker, kind of a like interesting, like underground sort of a cemented bunker type thing, just in case you know. I guess stuff got hairy. The big one, yeah, yeah. What? Because <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We have listeners in Montana. I just I think that people move to Montana sometimes to just like oh, I got to get away from everybody. Like, the government's <laughs> getting way too big. Know, we gotta. You know, and like, I mean, at this point, like if the government wants to start killing us, like they mm-hmm. have drones and like, I mean, look at what happened to, uh, what's his name? The dude in, uh, I'm blanking now. The guy that like Trump, like everyone was pissed off about him in Iran. Oh, the Iranian general. Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, like they just freaking singled him out with like this crazy like drone. It's like if, if the government wants you dead, you're dead. Yeah. Like, yeah, but, so. yeah. But the thing with, the thing with him is, um, no one had even really heard of him. Um, and it's like he blew up overnight. Mm hmm. Yeah, I almost went to World War Three. What I'm just saying is that, like, I mean, at this point with the technology that's <laughs> out there, like, sorry, I didn't even. <laughs> I, didn't I see like, it just went over up. my head. <laughs> um, we really need a drum set in here. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Um, I don't even remember what point I was making, but whatever the case, if uh, they want you dead, you're dead. Yeah, but I mean, still, people, you know, it is appealing for people to be like, oh, okay, I'm off the grid. You know, mm-hmm. um, there's magazines. I know that in Montana, they're like off the grid living, mm-hmm. and it doesn't like showcase like the the you know like deliverance style people or anything. It's like you know, live organic and have your family be away from mm-hmm. you know just live naturally, and you know it's kind of it mm-hmm. looks healthier and happier. So it, there's sunshine in the pictures. You know, it's not like the a little house on the prairie. <laughs> <laughs> you got a pretty ass mouth. Yeah. But um, can... and so there was nothing sinister about what I saw. I'll just mm-hmm. say that. That doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Yeah. See, that was what I was going to go into. So how easily, because I immediately think of, you know, Charles Manson and the Manson family and whatnot. And I'm not saying that, you know, every person that lives off the grid is like that, or even they are like how Keith experienced as well. But I can easily see... Um, you know, a group, you know, forming, you know, out in the wilderness, you know, away from everything, you know, for generations, you know, we watch these shows like on the Discovery Channel and Nat Geo and whatnot. Again, I've been home for the last two weeks. So that's all I've been watching is like daytime television and, you know, the Discovery Channel and whatnot. But you see all these people that are just excellent at living off the land. Um, you know, every, every single one of them from the Appalachians has some engine in them. So they know how to track, they know how to cover <laughs> their tracks and whatnot. I'm serious. There's a show called Swamp People. Like those guys like are white as shit, you know, they make Sam look like Morgan Freeman. Um, that's how white they are. And, you know, but for some reason they got Apache in them. And I'll just say that like, I feel like. Uh, how do I say this without sounding racist? I don't want to be racist about it, but like it's cool. You're half white. You can go ahead. Okay, it's true. I am. I am. You know, part white, and I do also have some Native American somewhere. So, um, <laughs> but every white person will be like, "Oh, I have, I have Native American," and a lot of the time, it's like ninety nine percent of the time, it's going to be Cherokee, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, my grandfather had half Cherokee Indian. They're like, I have some <laughs> Cherokee blood. You know, <laughs> Meanwhile, like, <laughs> they look like Aryan as fuck. Yeah, like I mean, they're like, looking at you, Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying this to be derogatory. They probably do, but it's just, yeah. it's a funny, like, 
kind of cliche that like every single person, oh, I have some Cherokee blood. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. As a, as a British guy, um, who, you know, now lives in America, that that's one thing that always used to make me laugh, always used to make me smile would be, I'd meet someone and, and, you know, they'd say, Oh, where are you from? And then they'd say, Oh, my, you know, great aunt was from Scotland or something. And, and I would, I would think to myself, well, that's nice. I'm not from Scotland. But, yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I see where you, I see where you're going, generally speaking. Yeah. But then they would say, then they'd say something like, Oh, I'm 25% German and I'm 5% French. And, I, and then I'm, I'm doing the math in my head and I'm not great at math. Mm-hmm. But um, then they, as you say, they would always throw in, guarantee, some Native American. Oh, yeah. And mostly Cherokee, am I right? Yeah. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, or Blackfoot or something. Yeah. And, you'd, and, you'd, and you'd almost see this glint in their eye where they're expecting you to go, wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, are you uh, any part um, Native American? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you I, might be uh, the first person that. Even though he that, does yeah. have that long, beautiful Cherokee-looking hair right there, I know. Mm. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> it's all, it's all but, real. But anyways, on these off-the-grid people or wild people and whatnot, like I can easily see that happening. And when I propose that as one of my reasonable, you know, you know, explanation for these missing people, you know, my my friend Art, he was saying that like, no, you know, um, I, apparently, like they do. Um, uh, you know, infrared, you know, uh, searches for people, um, like when they're, you know, doing a, a rescue, you know, search and mm-hmm. rescue. And they're saying that, you know, nothing is coming up. And I kind of tried to Google that a little bit in depth just to, you know, stick it in the side of art. But no, that is really a thing. They do do the infrared searches with the helicopters and they do actually find like a lot of, you know, what could be people, you know, um, they know where they don't keep a uh, list of you know missing people, but they do keep a list of uh, animals. You know, uh, you know how many mountain lions are in this region, but they also do keep a list of off the grid people as well. So I can, like I said, I can easily like when I think of you know once upon a time in Hollywood. You know, I look at Spawn Ranch. You know where Charles Manson's family was at, and then later I believe was in Death Valley. You know, I can easily see you know some you know, crazy group, you know, living out there, you know, abducting people. And it doesn't have to be. Oh, really? Sorry to interrupt you. Um, This happened in Australia. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar, but uh, a number of years ago, it it was all over the news. They had found, um, I guess what you would call a modern day tribe, but it was basically just a bunch of white people who, I think it was four or five generations ago, went off grid in the outback of Australia and decided to just live on their own, completely cut off from society and started inbreeding. Oh. And so um, you have all, you know, just scores of, of all these inbred people. And it's it was literally the hills have eyes, but Australia. Yeah, yeah exactly. They were cannibals and they would, um, they'd prey on people who broke down, they'd steal their clothes. They found all kinds of disused cars and things. And... Um, they, this really was a horror story, and this really did happen. And I think there were about thirty or forty of these people in a group in the outback that didn't really have, you know, very good vocabulary. They had no education because we're talking forty years of wow. just Jeez. being completely off the grid. So, and you know, sleeping with each other's sisters, cousins, brothers, mothers, you know, and all that kind of thing. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> bode well for your mental stability, right there. You know, I no, can, it doesn't. Yeah. No, and your health and everything else. Yeah. So 
another thing too, like that I that we were discussing, where it said like the weather changed. You know, either either became super foggy, a snowstorm would roll in, or you know, a humongous thunderstorm would roll in directly after the fact that you know these people went missing, which I thought was interesting as well. And so I researched that in because. You know, it's supposed to rain here in Bakersfield tomorrow, and you can already see, like, the weather changing, and sometimes you'll get, like, little, you know, spigots of water, you know, you know, like a pre-rain before the actual rain. Um, spigots. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag no races. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I was thinking to myself, I was like, okay, so knowing that here in California, I can see that happening, you know, and maybe some of these these places as well but no every single instance where people went missing during these cases the weather went from sunny and nice all of a sudden the person goes missing and then directly after the report is made that they went missing snowstorm thunderstorm dense fog and it like that compelled me to look into that a little bit further and you know i'm sure You've probably heard of the theory that, you know, the government, you know, controls the weather, weather, I believe it's called DARPA that, you know, that they, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah, They, they try to manipulate the clouds to, you know, make it rain, you know, conveniently when they need it to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Not like little Wayne, but you know, that, that's an interesting fringe theory. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on that? Cloud busting Kate Bush. Um, (laughs) That's that whole music video. You've seen that music video, yeah, right? Yeah, I haven't. With uh, Donald Sutherland mm-hmm. playing the father kind of thing. And it's, it's very steampunk. And they build this big machine, um, pre-DARPA, of course, by many decades. They probably got the idea from that. Mm-hmm. But I've heard that that whole um, modern weather control thing is actually an urban legend. And it's not as clear-cut as it would seem to be. Mm-hmm. Um, when people talk about, you know, these killer robots and killer dogs that um, Boston Dynamics develop and you have these incredible machines that are running around and people say, oh, well, when they wake up, you know, and they have guns on them, we're all done, it's Terminator. It's nothing like that. It's all urban legend and these stories spin out of control. So I believe the the government controlling the weather for, you know, nefarious situations, that you know, whether it's warfare or they're just... Uh, trying to kill someone's crops or drown people mm-hmm. i really i really don't think that that's going on because it would create more problems for them um on the flip side of it it you know the weather is uncontrollable and it's like the butterfly effect if you create a storm it's only going to have an adverse effect on the other end and i don't think that they could predict that or control it quite so easily so then i've got the idea of like whether or not they could control it let's just assume that they could mm-hmm. i'm hundred percent positive that that would not just be something that is easy or cheap. It would be extremely expensive. Yeah. And so, I mean, I don't put it past anybody to be like an evil, you know, bad person, you know, like society is just, we are what we are, you know, Mm -hmm. we're not great people always, but, um, just from an economic standpoint, like, okay, let's spend millions or billions of dollars or whatever kind of expend, Mm -hmm. whatever kind of resources to change the weather just so we can kidnap this one person. It's like, it just seems like a very, very inefficient way to like yeah. get a person. And it's not anybody like high profile, like the Iranian general or anything like that. It's, again, it's like somebody with autism or, you know, one thing that I saw that was interesting was a lot of German physicists. And it's not even like they're high profile physicists. It's just like the guy that, you know, taught you seventh grade chemistry, you know. Hmm. They just so happened to have German ancestry and, they, you know, they were a physicist and whatnot. So 
when we're talking about the people that do go missing after these weather events, that kind of raises that red flag. Like it's nobody high profile. Like again, if it was, you know, Hey, you know, this guy held secrets, you know, he was, what's the guy from area 51 that's like going on Joe Rogan and whatnot. Um, Bob Lazar. Yeah. Bob Lazar. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's not like anybody like that who, if, if anything, if anybody was to go missing, it'd be somebody like that, you know, that would oh, I'm giving up, you know, these secrets from area 51 or something like that. But it does lead into another fringe theory that it could be, you know, aliens or extraterrestrials. Yeah, I've I've heard this one, um, and I think this is, you know, for the grand scheme of things, quite plausible mm-hmm. if you want to accept um, that we are not alone. And I think if you don't, then you're very naive because clearly we're not alone. Um, the government are now finally releasing footage that was shot 20 years ago, um, finally admitting that there are things flying around that that are not ours and they're they're only now and it's really only america every other country in the world um has already come out and said you know there are there are unidentified flying objects that we cannot match in terms of speed and maneuverability Mm -hmm. um and this goes back 50 years there were things flying around that we still can't do today Mm -hmm. so we are definitely not alone and to sort of say that you know um, intelligence from somewhere else, whether it's another planet, whether it's a, from the bottom of the ocean, from inside the Earth or another dimension. We don't know. We have no idea. But somebody somewhere is flying around in things that we have no control of. And that alone is terrifying. But to think that they're, they're randomly taking people is one thing. But it, as you said there, they're, they're obviously more inclined to take someone who's either very elderly or sick or disabled in some way, mm-hmm. um, or inferior, like a, a small child. It, it seems to be those people more than than any other that tend to go missing. But the interesting thing, I've, one detail that I did here was um, for the ones that do turn up, um, unfortunately dead, um, occasionally either their clothes are on backwards or their buttons are kind of... Uh, wrongly skewed adjacent to each other you know when you're a kid and you you do your shirt up for the mm. first time yeah you button mm. up and you kind of get the wrong button in the wrong hole and, and then it just follows the pattern well they found people with clothes on backwards they found people wearing clothes that don't belong to them someone else's clothes yeah um, oh, wow. so it makes you think that perhaps you know just to sort of throw it out there in a fantasy kind of imaginary imagination world kind <laughs> of way um you know imagine someone gets taken they are on a ship somewhere or they're patched into another dimension then they strip down they do their experiments on them and then they think okay go get their clothes and maybe there's you know some lazy alien who's like oh i can't remember which one it was (laughs) or you know maybe he's drinking the night before whatever they do and he ends up giving them the wrong clothes and oh that'll do just give them them and give them these new nike sneakers as well Mm -hmm. um the one from the hellbop comment <laughs> the what? That remember uh was it the Heaven's Gate cult where they all wore like those black Nikes? Yeah, or, yeah. They just yeah. gave them those because they caught the they caught the comet. <laughs> they gave them those Nikes right there. Hmm. Of course. Um, yeah. I saw a lot of similarities to this, and um, I don't know how familiar you are with uh, cattle mutilation, but um, I said oh. earlier um, how it looked like you know the body was just placed there, you know, like and we're talking yeah. about. Um, out in the open too we're not talking about in dense you know forest or anything like that we're talking out in the open um, i believe in yosemite a lot of these people are found you know where again previously had been searched but yep. on the rocks 
like they had just been placed there from the sky, kind of like cattle mutilation where, you know, they see that, hey, this cow belonged to somebody, you know, down the street, you know, from Hearst Castle, but, hey, it was found, you know, over here in Pismo Beach, um, just plopped, like, you know, just came out of the sky. So it got, it gives a lot of that, that explanation, you know, the extraterrestrial explanation, it gives a lot of credence to that theory as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, there's a number of cases I've heard where small children have been found alive, you know, thank goodness, but um, the next day as well, luckily, and somehow have survived the night. But not only that, they've been found two or three miles, five miles away on another mountain range. Yep. And there is absolutely no way even a person could hike that in the dark in that short amount of time. Um, and somehow a two-year-old has, has found Mm-hmm. There. How did they get there? That is another huge mystery. It's, as you say, someone's, you know, picked them up and then put them back down. Or if they've gone into another dimension and the world has rotated and when they've come back in, they're, they're somewhere else because the world's moved. That's Who knows? It's like the folding paper theory. Like yeah. in every yeah. single thing, like when we talk about time travel or dimensional travel, mm-hmm. the shortest point is not a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> it's th- it bends through. Um, I want to uh, I want to ask something about this. Like I'm super curious now. Um, so with all the research you guys have done, was there anybody who was like of age to give an account of yeah. like what happened or like mm-hmm. does, what if, are we going to get into that? Because I'm very interested. There was one case um, that I saw that was super interesting, where it was a Canadian man who was camping or vacationing at Niagara Falls, right? You know, that's around the New York area, I want to say. And um, he just had a lapse of memory. And then all of a sudden, I believe it was like six weeks later, he was found in Sacramento, just like on the outskirts of Sacramento. What? Yep. And um, it was, he had a new haircut. He had brand new clothes on, like somebody, you know, took him to H&M and, you know, dapped him up and whatnot. Um, Wow. Was shaven, just, you know, Went to manscaped.com, entered promo code um, JRE <laughs> for Darn Jacob to America, <laughs> shaved his balls and everything, you know, uh, made Brazilian sure wax. Brazilian <laughs> wax. I mean, it was looking like a whistle down there. And um, yeah, just everything just was just like he was just well taken care of. And he just has no memory of what happened within those six weeks. What? Mm-hmm. And there's several cases like and that. And this too. isn't just like he went off and like. He was with his wife, who he was having problems with. He's like, "I'm just gonna go. What is, I'm gonna get you, a, I'm gonna get a hall pass, and then like make up some story about aliens, or like, <laughs> fuck you, Cheryl. Like, I'm gonna do some shrooms and go to Vegas. Like, no, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, it was one of those interesting things. Um, oh shoot, I lost my train of thought. Of what I was gonna say, um, but yeah, like, you, there's several stories on that, and because I got here's what I was gonna say. I got really concerned with him and his job security because I was like, hey, who goes missing for six weeks and keeps their job? So I wanted to do follow up. I'm like, hey, what did his job think of this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, he obviously he was able to keep his job like, hey, I, I went missing. I can't remember anything, um, but I get to do accounting still. But, you know, the job even confirmed that as well. Like, yeah, he was missing for six weeks. We had to put him on a wall. You know, we you know couldn't pay him for that time period. He was out. You know, we couldn't give him his vacation time or sick time or anything like that. His loved ones were calling in like, hey, have you seen him? The police, you know, so th- there's there's backup to this case as well that, hey, he did for for sure, for sure, did was not on the grid, if you will. Huh. Sam, do you oh, have some stories uh, to add? Yeah, your your live video is interrupted. I don't know if that's your oh. 
Yeah, we're on the low battery. Uh, Are you still on? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still on. Okay. Go ahead, Keith. Okay, so I'm I'm listening. Jacob's dealing with some technical. (laughs) Or maybe Um, he's not. I don't know what you're doing. Carry on. Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. (laughs) (laughs) He said something about Rhode Island is neither a road nor an island. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Yeah. No, I... um, uh, there, there aren't really many uh, cases of, of people being able to recount where they've been and, w- and what's happened to them. Um, because as we said before, you know, it's either someone who's really uh, elderly, perhaps they have dementia or, or they're just, um, you know, mentally unwell or sick or um, handicapped in some way, or they're just too young to really verbalize what's happened to them. Um, and, and so there really are very few cases where someone's been able to recount their experience um but there was one story that i I remember david telling uh a number of times on on other radio shows in fact we had him uh himself as a guest on um a podcast i used to do with uh, shannon legro called into the fray and into the fray is still going um it's it's an amazing podcast about the unexplained um but david pilates was on there uh, a couple of years ago now um, as a guest and one of the stories he, he would always bring up on these sort of appearances he would do would be of um, uh, I think this boy was five years old and he'd gone out with his family hiking um, and it was I think it was you know one of these big national parks it wasn't anything crazy or off the grid and the grandmother wasn't feeling too well she had gotten a, a bug bite or some kind of uh, cut on the back of her neck from something mm-hmm. and so she had to sit down and um, the little boy sort of wandered off in the woods and went missing um, luckily he was found you know I think the next day or something um, but he came out with this crazy story where he said that his grandmother um, had found him in the woods and had taken him to a cave and he had spent the night there where she was really mean to him and was trying to get him to poop on a piece of paper. And she was really insisting that he did it. And he got really upset because he didn't need to go. Uh-huh. Um, but, but for some reason, she was demanding that he do this. Um, and he said that there was, when she got angry, there was electrical sparks coming out the sides of her head. Um, and that there was a broken robot he describes at the back of the cave Uh, and he managed to sort of you know run away and get away from her and was found the next day i i'm remembering it probably wrong but that was the weirdest story i've ever heard and of course when you think about it the grandmother had this cut or this sore on the back of her head it was almost as though she'd been stung and cloned by something Mm mm-hmm Wow, that is a creepy story. Like even when you were telling it, it just kind of like sends chills down my spine. Like, ugh. yeah. And of course, the grandmother had no idea what happened because it wasn't her. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's uh, it's almost like you know invaders from Mars when they have the the cut on the back of the neck. It's mm-hmm. uh, very similar. Um, but yeah, that's one of the the strangest accounts I've I've ever really heard of. And yeah, it's creepy as hell. It really is. Yeah. The um. To, to add on to that story too, like I came in halfway through that story. I believe we're going to lose the live feed. So sorry, Facebook. I got to get a new power cord, but we'll still, <laughs> <laughs> we'll still have the audio. Um, but um, to add on to that story that Sam was telling, 
Um, I did hear that story as well. Um, in that same area, the same, you know, elderly lady that, you know, that person had spotted, um, mm-hmm. there, there was, um, a younger couple, um, and, and they made like a big deal to say that, oh, you know, he was, um, deployed to Afghanistan. So like, I would never lie. That's one thing I want to put out there too. Like whenever somebody puts it out there, like, oh, I'm in law enforcement or I was in the military. So therefore yeah. I can never lie. Like I always look at it with skeptical, skeptical hippo eyes. Cause I'm just like, ah, you're, yeah. a, you're a human and you're still going to do bad shit. You can still tell I mean, a lie. For, for any, yeah. For anyone who says, trust me, it means don't trust them. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to say, you don't have to trust By the way, I've told you the truth about everything I'm saying. It's like, okay. Yeah. Instantly calls it into question. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah, a red, red flag. He's red flag. <laughs> so immediately I, I was I was on I was uh, not looking at this story with uh, a like hey this guy's gonna tell me the truth here but um, <laughs> you know eventually though like yeah he was talking about like him and his girlfriend you know he had just came back um, from his deployment and he wanted to do something so his girlfriend took him on this hike you know into this very area that Sam was talking about and he said he could feel somebody watching him and he goes yeah when I was on deployment I could always figure out when the terrorists were watching me or whatnot or whatever <laughs> and so. <laughs> He, he said he felt something and it's watching him. And so he looked and he would see this elderly lady, you know, kind of like Betty White, like out in the woods, like in wow. elderly person attire. If I you will. love Betty White. Yeah. So I don't know what <laughs> Betty White was doing out in the woods, but maybe she did find the fountain of youth out there. But, but I he think said, she has to be. Yeah. yeah. And so he said that they, she was following them, but it was an unnatural movement, kind of like, she was on an escalator, like the or those people movers, like when you're in the airport and you know people don't want to walk down, and it's just that weird, just just constant speed that you know that it looked as if she, though she was walking, but she was just continuing on, just like at this constant speed, almost if she was like even on what what are those um, segway segways? There you go, yeah, <laughs> almost like she was on a segway like from Paul Blart, where he's <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> And he was just following, she was just following them. And so he turns around, you know, very, you know, aggro male. He was like, hey, you better stop following me, Betty White, or I'm gonna, there's going to be some problems. I'm packing. I got my Second Amendment right. And I'll be saying, <laughs> I'm injecting comedy into this. But the way he was telling it was very, you know, it, it just put the, the hairs on the back of your neck, you know. It didn't yeah. seem like this guy was a very good storyteller, you know. To begin with but you can always tell when someone okay they tr- transition to telling a very on point story you know from their past and mm. you know he said that hey you know you better stop following us or you know there's going to be problems she stopped following him but immediately um he said he looked up in the sky and he saw three lights now this is one thing that i kept seeing with a lot of these stories three lights off in the distance that um went up in the sky and then just dissipated hmm that's creepy. Let yeah. me ask this, though. Okay, just to kind of, I don't want to say fact check this, but just kind of like, let's stress test this a little bit. Okay. If you're a Marine or whatever, you know, you're a, a, Navy a bro who's, he's a Navy SEAL. <laughs> no, I don't know what he was. This dude's like a combat veteran of some sort, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least combat trained. You see a little old lady out in the wilderness. Are you really going to be like, get back? Yeah. Like, I got a gun. I'm packing. Like, why was, why was he doing that? I, that is a little well, maybe because he saw that odd movement, though. I, I mean, if you just saw, you know, 
a, an elderly lady in the woods. Obviously, your natural instinct would be like, or a baby even, your natural instinct would be like, hey, I got to go protect them. Yeah. But if something was off, I read this too, where, you know, the body knows when something's fake, like Kim Kardashian's butt or, you know, you see like, uh, Sam, you're, you're out there in LA. You see it all the time, you know, women Every in their day. 50s with, you know, their facial structure reconfigured and whatnot. I'm looking at you, Kylie Jenner. Um, the body just sends signals to you like, hey, that's not natural. We call this the uncanny valley sometimes where it's like so close to like being like human, but then mm-hmm. it's off. Like my brother and me make a lot of jokes about the uncanny valley. Oh, yeah. Um, it's even like it's like watching like hentai or some shit like that. Like you you're like, oh, wow, that's I want to like that, but I can't. But <laughs> 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 that's weird. Do you do we want to like that, though? I mean, really? Should we? No. <laughs> tell my mom um but that's that's because i asked myself the same question keith and maybe it was that instinct like wait she is not moving naturally something is not right about her and kind of like what sam was telling with his story like it was something was just physically off about her where it was just like no i don't need to protect this thing Hmm. i need to get away from it Mm. it's like edgar in men in black dude Mm -hmm. just yeah (laughs) moving all weird yeah give me some sugar water (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you definitely have um, a sixth sense, and I don't mean you see dead people. You know, you have a sense where yeah. you know mm-hmm. in your instinct, in your gut, when something's wrong, when something's bad. Um, I used to, you know, go to the bars in Hollywood for many, many years, and, and foolishly, I, I would walk back through L.A. and through the streets and go home. Mm. Um, and, you know, l- looking back, um, I wouldn't do it now. I knew where I was going. Um I'm six foot. I'm a metalhead, if you want to call it that. You know, to look at, that's what people would see. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was always sort of under the impression, and I was even told this, that no one's going to approach me or mess with me because of the way I look. So I have huge boots on. I'm all in black. I've got long hair. And I'm, I don't look like a victim. Um, needless to say, it's still a stupid thing to walk home in the middle of L.A. at night. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are crazy people out there who don't care what you look like um, and they'll try anything. Desperate people do desperate things. But when you see a little old lady in the middle of the day and you think to yourself, she could be packing, that's scary. And you get that sense sometime uh, of, of really, you know, unfortunate, um, mentally ill homeless people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, hate to, I hate to say it, but some of those uh, sad cases can be really, really frightening. And you get that sense of danger just being near them in certain situations at night, if you're walking down the street. Um, Majority of people are harmless, but occasionally there'll be someone who's a little unhinged and you just get that vibe. Mm -hmm. And it could be a little old lady, but there's something about them where you think, hmm, I'm going to cross the road because there's there's something off with that person. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the the sixth sense is definitely there. you know, you can always tell when someone's looking at you and you, you turn around and sure enough, they are. Um, that happens to me in cafes all the time. But mm-hmm. there you go. That's just because yeah. you're a good looking man, dude. That's oh, thanks. <laughs> I know, I've been looking at you for the last hour. I know we lost the live feed right now, but I've been looking at you for the last hour and I'm like, man, I really need to grow out my beard again. I was looking over old pictures and I kind of had like that little Fu Manchu going on for a second. And I was looking at, I had, I, I mean, it was probably like an eighth of the length as yours, but I was like, man, I should have really followed up with that, man. Like I, I, I'm so disappointed in myself right now, but there's still time. Yep. Yeah. I'm not dead yet guys. <laughs> How old are you now? 
34. 34. Okay, so roughly speaking, you have about 40 summers left. That's one way to put it. Yeah, or Baker's, 2,000 weeks. 40 summers in Bakersfield time, though, that's a, that's like, that's like <laughs> that'll fucking age you right there. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's if you live to 80. We'll see. Shit. I mean, if Bernie can do it. <laughs> yeah, wow. Yeah. But anyways, um, well, one more thing that I, w- I really wanted to go over with. I mean, we touched on Bigfoot. We touched on UFOs. Uh, we touched on, you know, the fringe, like, you know, DARPA and whatnot. And even um, portals were brought up and whatnot. Um, but we didn't talk about, you know, predation, you know, um, in full. One thing that I keep going back to in my mind where, yes, David Politis, he does rule that out. That is one thing that he does, you know, rule out is like, hey, you know, it couldn't be a mountain lion. It couldn't be a bear. It couldn't be a pack of wolves because there wouldn't be blood every. There would be blood everywhere. There would be this, that, and another. And I'm not sure that if uh, David Politis talks like Alex Jones or not. I'm, I apologize, David, if you're listening. <laughs> but <laughs> just everybody's Alex Jones on this show when they're recorded. <laughs> that or they're swamp people. <laughs> I want my Second Amendment rights. God damn it. Um, but predation. Um, recently, I want to say Tuesday. Um, my girlfriend's brother lives, um, outside of San Diego, um, near some mountains. Now he has this gigantic Doberman Pinscher. I believe they said it was about 120 pounds named Vader. Sweet dog, great dog, but Hey, nonetheless, he's a Doberman Pinscher. He's a very large animal. He, he, I've, I've played with this dog and he took me down a time or two. So, hmm. uh, just to give you, um, some kind of uh, scale, if you will. Um, but he went missing Tuesday, um, you know, out in the mountains. Their backyard is basically the wilderness, so they let him out, you know, to do his business. And usually he comes back within 10 minutes, you know, after he's done doing whatever he needs to do. But I guess, you know, it had been 30 minutes and they still hadn't, you know, seen him or heard from him or whatnot. And so her brother said that, hey, you know, Vader went missing, you know, and they all, their whole family has a group chat. Oh, you need to look over here. Oh, he might be by this tree. I know he likes going over here and whatnot. So, you know, all night, this is all, I kept getting updates on Vader and whatnot, and just totally just was not anywhere. And so they have like a horse stable uh, where they're at, I guess. And I guess the next morning, just like cattle mutilation, just like, you know, these missing people, it looked like somebody had just placed them within the horse stable. And it looked as if, you know, a big cat or something got to him. But the hmm. crazy thing was no blood, no, you know, drag marks or anything like that you would expect, right? You know. But he's dead. He's dead. A lot, part, a lot of his body is missing. Um, the horses, you know, obviously they would have neighed or, you know, kicked up a fuss, you know, if there was, you know, a, a big cat in the area. They, they didn't do that at all. But it was just a very strange behavior. And I was thinking to myself, okay, let let's let me look at some nature as metal videos and whatnot. So um, I brought it up last week. You know, there was an instance where somebody, you know, jumped into a big cat enclosure over in China. And, you know, the cat grabbed the guy dead immediately. You know, I'm looking at all these videos of just, you know, even, you know, sickly mountain lions, you know, attacking, you know, runners or hikers and whatnot. Mm. No blood. So that that's one thing, too, that I'll say with maybe a maybe a fallacy with Dave Politis, like he kind of just automatically rules out that, you know, that all animals are going to have a bloody mess everywhere. Whereas, yeah. you know, I, I, hashtag nature is metal, everybody. You know, you, it's some heartbreaking shit, but at the same time, you know, hey, that is nature. 
the, we're talking about apex predators here. Like that's what they do. You know, they they want to kill as efficiently as possible and leave little mess behind because if you leave a blood trail, hey, some coyotes or a pack of wolves are going to be on it, you know, and they're going to steal your food away from you. So, I mean, a bear, you can kind of cancel that out cuz I did see that, you know, bears are just they just go at it like a Tasmanian devil, but big cats, that is one thing that I kept seeing, you know, in consistency is that you know most big cats they will kill with very quick precision well and i've watched a big cat actually now that you mention it like you know certain things where a big cat will kill it like it usually bites at the throat and mm-hmm. then just carries the prey off mm-hmm. and there's no blood dripping it's just all i mean mm-hmm. or very little if any you know, yeah it's just crazy and what's See, crazy uh, yeah sorry go on Oh, yeah. And then what's crazy is, too, because I kept thinking, okay, the horses didn't neigh, you know, they didn't see anything. And one of the videos that I kept seeing pop up a lot, like when you hashtag the nature is metal, is that you'll see like fawns or deer. Now, I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan and sometimes or even Stone Cold Steve Austin or James Hetfield, even like when they talk about, you know, hunting and whatnot. You know, where they have to, you know, spray themselves with like elk piss so that way, you know, the the deer (laughs) won't... um, um, smell them they you know they have to move like one inch every six hours just so that the deer won't hear them like all these extra precautions but then you see you know all of these big cats like they'll sneak up right behind um a mother and her you know calf if you will and the mother won't even know that the um the little baby you know elk is missing you know they'll turn around and all oh, shit like where did it go and the cat's already disappeared with the with the youngling yeah, no, it's, it sounds, um, as you say, really kind of dubious in a way. And again, not as you said, not to knock David in any way, mm-hmm. um, but he does have, it's, it's, it's pretty blatantly obvious, he does have an agenda in terms of selling his books. Mm-hmm. Um, and two, two points on that to talk to really is, one, he does raise the point quite often, um, or three points really, but he, he never will investigate something if he thinks it was a big cat or a bear or something like that or a coyote pack or wolves or what have you he says if there's any inclination that it was that he just won't investigate it he mm-hmm. right he sort of writes that one off and goes okay next case so he's he's quite adamant about making that point um that he thoroughly checks to see if it is possible and if it is in any way he he won't investigate it any further he just writes it off and goes okay well that probably could have been a big cat then the other thing is prior to his um missing 411 book series he's he was actually known for writing i think two books yep. on bigfoot two yeah um which is really quite dubious and interesting because he's also um pretty pretty clever in in the in the sense that he never discloses what he thinks is yep. going on he just presents the facts but also to speak to that um he's very selective with his facts he cherry picks mm-hmm. uh, and he doesn't always give the entire story, which in many cases could actually blow some of those stories out of the water and be explained. He'll he'll pick the ones that are either the most obscure or the most um, that will fit his paradigm, let's say. Um, he's, he's very, very clever in the way he collects his stories because he doesn't actually reveal everything he finds. And, you know. As an author, you're not going to want to bore people to death with all the facts because no one wants to read the boring parts. Obviously, they do want the good bits that he is cherry picking. But he does, um, I'm told, um, tend to leave a lot of things out that that he should really include um, dates and places. And he may, 
um, I, I'm I'm no idea if he does or not, but I would imagine that he'll he'll create these, as you say, these little clusters um, where he'll kind of tailor the story that it fits into that group, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, the big cat thing. Th- there was one story that comes to mind where there was a guy who couldn't walk very well. He was, uh, I think, he had a, a walking cane, and they were hiking. And he's, I think, he was in his sixties. And he was a big guy. I think he was six six, six four, something like that. Um, and he weighed, you know, in excess of three hundred pounds. This is a big guy. Yeah. Um, and in the documentary, in the trailer, you'll even see it in the trailer. You don't even have to watch the documentary, but they show his his widow. I suppose you could call her now because he's never been found. But she says that um, he had gotten tired on the track and said that he was going to take a shortcut or turn back and go back to the meeting point where they had set off from. And they said, oh, okay, well, we'll see you, see you in an hour or so then. And they turned the corner, and they never saw him again. Mm. And this is a man that weighs 300 pounds. And there's no trace of him. Now, cats are incredibly strong, yeah. you know, um, just un- unfathomably strong compared to us. Um, but I don't think that they'd be able to pick up a 300-pound man in its mouth mm-hmm. without leaving any drag marks. Yeah, without drag marks is kind of no sign of struggle. Because I mean, correct, yeah, yeah. Like you, I mean, if a cat grabbed me by the throat, I'd probably struggle a little bit yeah. before I was just dead. You know, there would be at least like a missing flip flop or you know some kind of dust yeah. kicked up in there or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. or well, where was his cane? Mm-hmm. Ex- exactly. Yeah. That gives <laughs> the pres- cat also grabbed his cane before taking <laughs> off. You know, he was what, what was the Pink Panther? <laughs> <laughs> he had to do a twenty-two skidoo before he like went to the cave to go eat his yep. dinner. So here's another theory that I have. That okay, this is probably unique to you know me hanging out with you guys right now. So you give me the idea of Bigfoot, mm-hmm. and we talked about aliens and predators. But what if we mix all those theories? What if Bigfoot learned the ways of Arnold? in Predator where he put the mud on himself so that the the freaking, uh, what's it called, thermal vision stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah. couldn't see and detect. So Bigfoot is completely stealth, and he just takes these people and like you know, you puts the mud on them. ugly motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't see me. Well, you know? it's, it's, funny, uh, it's funny you say that. There's, um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> I know. Wait, Sa- I was going to say it if Sam wait a didn't. Minute. This is like a, actually a thing. I'm on to something. <laughs> I, if this, Sam's going to say what I think he is, you're in for a treat, Keith. Go ahead, Sam. There are um, legends of Bigfoot in certain regions uh, of, Amer- of North America where they are covered in mud, which dries, um, and they look like rocks, and then the Indians translated would call them stone face. Mm-hmm. They have another name for them, but it's uh, a completely separate um, legend of Bigfoot. Uh, it doesn't seem to be... A habit or a practice that these let's call them apes tend to do in any other part of north america but as we know bigfoot's found in every state mm-hmm. um this particular area they do cover themselves in mud uh, as as not only disguise but as armor um and camouflage and they're known as stone face because they look like rock giants mm-hmm. uh, so that's an interesting little fairy tale for you there that maybe yeah these thermal imaging helicopters that go and look for people maybe they can't see them because as you say they're doing the arnie thing <laughs> could you put a little bit of predator music like could you cut it in like yeah one hour in yeah i could do that put it on a low frequency so we don't get a copyright hit on us but yeah there's actually another story too maria let's do it let's move to mars get to the chopper um speaking of predator though 
<laughs> Who is your daddy and what does he do? <laughs> Go get the toy and bring it back to the carpet. <laughs> <laughs> My daddy looks at vaginas all day. Dude, that could be a podcast in its own, just Arnold impersonations. By the way, there is a band. I know we're just getting away off topic, but there's a band that's like Arnold Metal. Have you heard of them? No, but I need to. Dude, it's like straight up. You're friends with them? Yeah. Oh, my God. I've heard them like, get to the job. And like, it's just crazy. Schwarzenegger. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I think that's it. Like, I mean, I don't know if there's any other band that makes Arnold Metal. Yeah, there's a few. There's a couple. There's Austrian Death Machine. Uh, is one of them. I think they're the the first one to come out with the concept of it. But um, when I was at art school, I actually wrote in my sketchbook how funny it would be to have an Arnie-themed metal band with each song being a different movie. And then years later, I moved to Hollywood, and my friend actually has that band. It's crazy. So wow. what is your friend's band's name? Uh, well, the band's called Schwarzenegger. They've now disbanded. Oh. Um, Sadly, the guitarist Shane Gibson, who also played guitar for Korn, um, he passed away a couple of years back. Oh. Um, and people moved away, and and uh, they kind of disbanded from that point. But <clears throat> the album's still available, and some of the videos on YouTube are just incredible. But each band member would dress up as a different Arnie costume. Um, so Dude. you'd have John Weed on guitar, dressed in <laughs> camouflage commando style. You'd have Thomas Lang on drums, dressed as kindergarten cop in kind of like a schoolboy outfit. Yeah. And then you'd have Eloy Palacios on bass in a running man leotard. Oh, yes. Um, you had Shane Gibson dressed as a Terminator with a leather jacket and sunglasses. And then the singer, uh, J.P. Von Hitchberg, that's his real name. He now goes by J.P. Valentine. He's based in Seattle. He would dress as Conan. And he's actually a bodybuilder himself. Fuck Yeah. Looking like uh, Man of so, War. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely amazing live and, and hilarious band because every song is an Arnie movie. So they use lines from the films. Um, they tell the story of the plot and everything. It's genius. Absolute genius. God damn. Okay, I know what I'm doing tonight. I was going to watch wrestling tonight, but fuck that. I'm watching this shit, dude, like all the way. <laughs> I think the one I heard <laughs> was the link. Austrian Thank Death. What, what is that one called? Um, Schwarzenegger is my friend's band, yeah. but the, there's another one called Austrian Death Machine. I okay. think I heard Austrian Death Machine, so I'm gonna have to listen to your friend's band as well. Okay, um, I'll send you a link. Maybe I've heard them both. I don't know. Like, I mean, there's probably. I think there was a song called "Get to the Chopper" that was super metal sounding. <laughs> of course there and, is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just remember like dying. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. And I think Arnold like approved of it. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty oh, yeah. sure Arnold yeah. has heard of this and like is down for it. So. God bless Arnold. It's, it's funny the uh, the drummer in my friend's band, uh, Thomas Lang. He's the number one uh, drumming tech teacher in the world. He's uh, he's Austrian himself, um, oh, but he's shit. he stands in for Ramstein occasionally. He's worked with the Blue Man Group. He even toured with the Spice Girls. Fuck yeah! <laughs> he's an amazing drummer. Um, but yeah, being Austrian, you know, they had to have him in the band. He's uh, he's quite something else. <laughs> that gives him credibility at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, That's shit. Awesome. So um, here's a story maybe both of you will enjoy because it kind of involves Arnold Schwarzenegger here with the missing 411. Um, no, Arnold didn't go missing. Um, but uh, <laughs> one of the stories, and there's three different people who tell this story. One was a camper, one was a hiker, and the other was just somebody in the general area, um, I believe, driving by. Um, so the lady calls into 911 saying, hey, I see something in the trees. And 
it's just moving back and forth, you know, very fast. And at first I thought something was wrong with my contact lenses, but it's just, it's like almost like the movie Predator, (laughs) like (laughs) before, you know, he, you know, gets out of stealth mode and whatnot. And so the lady, you know, kind of just laughs at her on the 911 call. And it's like, man, please, you know, this is for emergencies, hangs up on her. Um, I guess a couple minutes later, you know, the camper, uh, calls in like you're not gonna believe this, but I see the motherfucking predator out here. You guys better send, <laughs> you better send out Apollo Creed and Arnold and Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Different movie, awesome. Yeah, it doesn't even matter. Jesse Ventura, you better send that big old Cherokee out here too, because like, Billy. Yeah, Billy. <laughs> I need Duke on this right now. Um, and it was like, wow, that's the second call that we got on that today. And then a third, the third person calls in. It's like, you're not going to believe this, but if you've never seen the movie Predator, I am seeing this out here in the trees right now. And um, apparently, again, like I said earlier, you know, after the 911 calls went through, you know, and they had this recorded. Um, after all that happened, three lights went up into the sky and then quickly dissipated, like it was the Starship Enterprise. Wow. Hmm. So that's weird. Yeah. So um, who knows if that's true or not, but fuck, we won't let the truth get in the way of a good story. The problem with this being the predator, like as told by the 1985 or whatever movie mm-hmm. is that the predators only went after able-bodied like foe or prey, you know, like they wouldn't go after an unarmed child or whatever. So that kind of ruins the, the full predator theory. <laughs> but um, maybe he's fishing though. You know, we all go, you know, when we go fishing and whatnot, you throw away the little ones. You throw away, you know, the the outcast, if you will. You know, we don't we talk about the people that have never been found. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Could be anything. Yep. So, Keith, what what is your final theory? What do you think the missing 401 is? Uh, definitely Bigfoot in Arnold uh, mud. <laughs> Sam, what's your final theory? Um... I think it's I think it's wrong turn. Uh, the hills have eyes. I think it's uh, wilderness people. Um, and I think, you know, on the flip side of that, it could very well be um, an unknown uh, offshoot of hominins, some kind of Bigfoot. If you had to pick between one of those, let's go with like. Ooh, well, it's got to be wild people because we know they are real. Yep. All right. Um, I'll say. Because uh, every every time we say, oh, it's the government, we always think it's our government. Um, I would like to believe, hey, you know, because when you do the research on Area 51, it's, it's all about... the Austrian government. <laughs> <laughs> you took away our best asset. <laughs> you made them a governor. Um, <laughs> no, I believe it might be even a foreign government, if you will. Um, you know, Area 51, That all that is is just, you know, Cold War shenanigans. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, Hey, we see it in news every day, Russian collusion, all that, like everything that you see, like it, yeah. it can, is very well, it could be, you know, Russian, it could be, you know, the Chinese, it could be, you know, one of these countries that, you know, we don't know all the aces up their sleeve, if you will. So that's where I kind of am landing. Not that I have any evidence or cool stories to go along with it, but it's just one of those things. Um, like the, the lady, the old, the Betty white on the escalator in the middle of the woods kind of thing. Like so your, your hair rises when you uh, think of it. So that's where, that's where I'm landing. That, but thank you. <laughs> Sleep tight, baby. <laughs> All right, guys. So, uh, Keith, before we let go, um, is there anything you would like to plug before we sign off today? 
You know, uh, I just, I want to say, uh, you know, pay my respects to, uh, I think you pronounce it Keeney, Keeney Art. She passed away uh, mm-hmm. recently and it's just really sad. Um, you know, I, I definitely am going to miss seeing her beautiful artwork on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. And what about you, Sam? What do you want to plug? Um, well, uh, you can find me on all of the usual social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, I'm sure you'll, uh, gladly put my links on your page. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> and I'll but, be uh, buying but, some of your artwork too. As soon as that, as soon as that tax return comes in, I'm buying it. Yeah. You can find, you can find all of those links really. If you go to, um, Mr. Sam which is M I S T E R and then Sam and then S H E A R O N.com. Cool. Hell yeah. So with that said, everybody, make sure you follow Art and Jacob Do America on all social media at Art and Jacob Do America, except for Twitter. We are located at Art and Jacob Do A1. For some reason, Twitter thinks we like steak sauce. We like sauce on our steaks. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm not I'm not a steak sauce person, but for whatever reason, I guess Twitter might have assumed that for Art. But um, find us there. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel where you'll see um, – buff bagwell over here with his biceps <laughs> for like the last hour on flex and oiled up for whatever reason um looking like a young arnold um you'll see my chubby uh thicker than a snickers ass as well dude um, you got a backup you're a beautiful man like you got we got Dwayne the rock johnson here and i've got kind of like the the more like skinny <laughs> like i get i get to be vin diesel maybe next to the, the rock no you know? you're no way vin diesel <laughs> okay i'm not even that buff i'm paul walker and you're uh will smith <laughs> I'll take Will Smith. I'll take yeah. that. And he's Dwayne the Rock Johnson over here. I guess if if you must, Mister. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, follow or uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hey, we got an official store finally from T Public, so we got some merch there. I'll be uploading some more designs as soon as Art sends me the correct file. Art, God damn it, stop sending me the PDF file. I can't upload that to an image-based site. So as soon as we get some of that stuff going on, I'll send that out to the group. Um, But yeah, other than that, you guys got anything else? That's it. All right. So, Sam, once again, thank you, 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 thank you so much (laughs) for being the British Morgan Freeman on this podcast and bringing some credibility to our show. So, um, once again, thank you for being on our show. Anytime you want to come on. Yeah, anytime you want to come on any topic or if you just want to shoot the shit about old Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Um, you are more than welcome to come on. I will make the goddamn time for you to come on. Yeah, maybe I'll uh, come down to your actual studio at some point and sit with Dude, you. Dude, that would make my whole lifetime. We still haven't gone and actually like hung out in person again, so that <laughs> like, this know. needs to happen need at some point. We need to do this. I will probably be going to Hollywood around my birthday next week, so maybe we can get that... I have to persuade the girlfriend to let me out of the house. She got okay. she gets me on lockdown watching 90 Day Fiance. So we'll see. But we'll hit you up later on that. Sam, once again, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you. Have a lovely night. You too. Bye-bye. Ciao. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Ep- uh, part two of episode 141. I will be posting this uh, probably tomorrow night because my girlfriend's already mad at me for <laughs> spending this long time away from the baby in her but uh keith thank you for coming in filling in for art again you're my favorite cousin 
and oh, I love you, and you're so handsome. Thanks for having me. No problem. Hey, we I remember we got off all of our shameless uh, plugs. Oh, that's erased. right. Let's do some advertising here. Yes, let's Can let's I pay talk some about bills. this. Yes, talk about the uh, caveman coffee. Mm. So those of you who saw on the like half of Facebook Live and everything that we had half the episode, I was sipping on a delicious caveman coffee, nitro cold brew infused with nitrogen, one gram of protein naturally occurring caffeine best served ice age cold deliciousness um so yeah you want to tell them where they can get that and support you guys yes make sure you go to cavemancoffeeco.com and enter promo code america for 15 percent off you don't have to buy just coffee you can also buy teas you can also buy decaf you can buy mct oil which will help if you are on the ketogenic diet you can also buy sweatshirts you can buy t-shirts you can buy mugs and you can buy kettlebells i believe and all proceeds go to support um not all proceeds, I should say. <laughs> but when you buy some proceeds, some proceeds go to help support the podcast. And speaking of helping support the podcast, you can you can go to our Patreon, if you will, um, and you can also, like I said, you can buy some merch on our store. So, with that said, keep. Oh, oh yeah, we got. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I am scatterbrained right now because I keep hearing shit in the background. So. Um, also make sure you go to the Podbelly Network. We are a part of the Podbelly Network. Um, Keith also is a part of the Podbelly Network for um, his show coming soon. It's coming soon. It's, I mean, I've been talking about it forever, a year and a half or something. We've been making it, but uh, it's going to be like an audio book on steroids, boys and girls. Um, yes. 3D audio. Imagine sound effects. It's going to be a fantasy adventure serial story brought to you free of charge. It's going to be awesome. By the good people at the Podbelly Network. <laughs> oh, I mean, we're part of the Podbelly Network. Yes. So make sure you check out that future podcast. Make sure you check out other great podcasts like our sister podcast at We're Not Sure Yet. Um, you can also check out Nerds on Topic, the Piecast. Um, there's also another one on there called Hillbilly Horror Stories. Check them out, too, if you want to get the heebie-jeebies and well, all that good boys shit. over at Sofa King? Oh, I've been wearing their shirt all day, every day. <laughs> They don't need any more promotion, but yeah, check out Self for <laughs> King, uh, the biggest podcast on that network. So with that said, Keith, do you have anything else? Um, it's just, it's been really fun. Thanks for having me. Anytime, dude. Anytime you want to come on the podcast, I'll make time. Not as much time as I will for Sam Sharon. That, I'm not even offended. That It's all good. <laughs> but with that said, everybody, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Good time.